So what's been popping, man? How you living? I, I started recording, by the way, so we're uh, we're good to go. Whenever we, whenever we, uh, well, let's do it, y'all. Everything's cool. I've been uh, rapping, rapping, and rapping, and rapping. They're rapping video games, bro. It's like it's all, it was always my life, but pandemic has made it so it's like my life now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> how how are you adjusting to the to the pandemic shit? Are you has that switched it up for you at all? Or? Adjusting. I know that's kind of been your vibe. That's kind of been your yeah, vibe. Yeah, that's been. That's been my life already, but what it did do is it got me um, recording my own shit and oh, making shit at the crib. Like I had to get a setup going to continue working because I'm not going to anybody's studio. Right. So uh, it started with somebody was uh, tweeted that there was a Logic free trial out, and I was like, "Word, I need it." And it was 90 days, so I'm like, "What I'll do is I'll get it and I'll make beats because I have a mic." So I'm like, I'll get it, I'll make beats, it'll keep me productive, it'll keep me doing some music thing. And as I started getting better at the beats shit, I'm like, I should get a mic. <laughs> I'm like, I have a program that lets me rap in front of me for free. Like, I can make songs for free right now. 100%. Uh, so pondered on getting a mic for a while, and the homie Brady hit me, and he was like, um, the back around the way joint. He's like, yo... I need you on this. And I'm like, I'll do it as soon as I get a mic. And he's like, bro, I'll send you a mic. <laughs> and no sent shit. me my first shit. Uh, I got my interface and started, I got like kind of addicted to it. It was like a cool three month period where every chance I got, I was buying a new thing. So now I have my monitors, my headphones, my interface. I have another mic, a better, like crazier mic uh, that Tunji sent me. So I have my two mics now. Like I got a bunch of shit going and I've just been rapping, bro. <laughs> what, what are you rocking for the for the interface? I have a Presonus now. It's the one I got when I got the first mic. I'm yep. about to get a Apollo Twin. That's the new. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the coveted one. I was just and then after that, yeah. it's just soundproofing. Dude, that's that's the biggest thing. Is is that half the half the the battle is the setup in your room in terms of the soundproofing and you know getting these panels and shit like that and just even the room being the right shape and where the mic is in relation to the room and all that shit. Like there's a lot of yeah. weird nuances there that make like all the difference in the, in the recording. Yeah. Shit. Like and there a was mic like a month long period where they were doing construction next door yeah. and you could hear it no matter what room in the crib you was in. It was just that type of thing. Mind you, it was like, it felt like they were banging against the wall where my fucking head is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like when I sleep. Yeah. So like recording in my room was kind of out of the question. And for a while I just wasn't recording. And then one day I was like, I'm just going to record through it. And when I need to come back to some of these songs because they're actually good like that, I'll do that. So then I got back on my shit. And since I've been just, I'll put my mic in the middle of the street. You were just, I'm going to track <laughs> shit. And if I need as to go long back as I and can redo hear it, what the yeah, song right. sounds like, just make it. Just, yeah. No, I feel just that. Just got to make, bro. So yeah, it's been bro. cool, bro. I like this. The, uh, I don't have any finished products yet of anything I've made in the crib. And that's, that's the one thing I'm waiting on is if I know that I can make a decent quality product here, I'm never leaving again. So the new shit was not <laughs> the new shit was not from the crib that was at that was in the studio. Nope. I made I made all of hiding pre pandemic, which is why it's so funny that the album hit so hard right. during the pandemic. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. So you must have been working on that on that joint for a minute then. I was working on it 
I came up with the idea when I made Baggy Eyes 2. I made Routine, and if you listen close in the beginning, I was like, stop hiding. I was going to put Routine on hiding. It was like that long ago yep. um, when I had the idea. But it was one of those things where it's like, it's just an idea until you really want to do it. Um, and there was a period at the end of 2019 and beginning of 2020 where I have all this music, but I don't have a direction yet, really. I just know what the album is about. And I started getting these sessions at Phoenix Down and just like doing these five, six hour sessions every time I went and doing them early in the morning, driving myself, which was new. That's why I made Nissan Altima. The first session yeah, I yeah, drove yeah. myself to, I made Nissan Altima. That's far, that's far. Um, and I just locked in. Like it was a lot of help from the producers. Like Playa Hayes' beats were really hitting at the time, like more than usual. Like he had been sending me beats for a while, but I think I was trying to do the bouncy thing and trying to do the everybody's music shit for a little bit. And uh, then it was like, well, I want to do my thing. What's the most my thing shit I got right now? And I went back. I thought about it. I was like, play Hayes, bro. Like, he goes crazy every time he does anything. His shit with Danny Brown, like, nuts. So I went and listened, and I was like, this is exactly what I need to talk unfiltered shit on. Yep. And yep. so some of those few sessions between, like, I would say December 2019 and, like, really March, um, pandemic hitting, was when we finished hiding and really got it into gear damn that's crazy so it was one of those things where it kind of just you had all this music and then over time it turned into this concept mm -hmm. and where did the idea of hiding and just the whole kind of theme of the project come from well as we know fucking quarantine was my life pre-quarantine so it's yeah. like what it is about is kind of um hiding yourself from people and this idea of like as an artist you need to be in everybody's face all the time or you can't really be one um part of it was that because it was like i don't want to be in everybody's face all the time i don't want to like have to do all the stuff i just want to make the music i make and i know i make quality shit but sometimes as an artist you have to do more than just make quality shit actually all times <laughs> as an artist if you want to be successful in the sense of building a career and a, and a life and wealth as opposed to like, you know, just being an artist who makes the art for yourself. And there's like, there's no happy median and it's kind of trash. Um, <laughs> I feel like yeah. the people who find the best happy medians are people who are just like consistent, stick with it and build strong fan bases. So then it was like, okay, I want to make something that directly correlates with my fans and what I do and my friends. Like I thought about my friends a lot while making Hiding. Um, and I wasn't seeing them a lot, you know what I'm saying? I was going out way less. I was in the crib more. I was introspective time for me, the time between Baggy Eyes 2, really the time between Role Model and Hiding. It was new, no more label, uh, just on our own, trying to figure it all out. Where do we go from here? And it wasn't, you know, scary. The scariest thing was thinking about not being around anymore. Um, if I came back and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's scary as shit. But then you realize, you know, you realize really every time you put something out, it, it, no matter how big or small the number, you always are going to have people that if they're there with you for real, they're going to be there. When you put out music, they're going to support it. They're going to share it. Like you're, you have one of the craziest fan bases and you have the first big fan base I was ever introduced to that I saw in person. I got to see it with my own eyes when you brought me on that tour. Yeah, um, we got to talk about that for sure. Yeah, but... Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
but yeah, no. So pars- partially it was about that part being an artist and having to not hide, but wanting to, um, as well as just like, you know, real life internal shit. Like, bro, we're all going through some shit that we're just not telling everybody right now. Dude, yeah. uh, no matter who it is, all of us are. And we're hiding that. And then I started to think about the reasons why. You know what I'm saying? You start to think about it. if you got in trouble and or you needed something and you didn't talk to your parents about it, it's not because you're scared to get in trouble. It's because you don't want them to worry about you. So it's like I started just like playing with the idea of why we hide shit, too. And then it was just like, well, nobody knows where I am or what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what I want to do. I right. want to make hiding. So there was a lot of levels to it, but it was all that same kind of theme of, of that that whole kind of. Yeah, it was one of those idea. things where it's not a story, it's a concept. Yeah, right, right, right. And just that symbolism almost of just the, all yeah. of that stuff. Yeah, I, I feel that, man. That's No, it's it's really true, but, you know, whenever you make a project, it's it's a moment in time, you know? And, like, as soon as it's out, you're so thankful that you put that time in. And you don't care, really, at least for me, like, you don't care about the results because... No. You know, you, you have your your core people that are that are rocking with you no matter what and that's that's all that matters at the end of the day. And so uh I've always tried to take that approach too. It's just like let me make music the way that I want to do it, put it out, you know, catch a vibe with these people that are here in my circle and if that grows, that's amazing, but either way, you know, if you just are engaging with those people, it's an incredibly rewarding and just fun dynamic, you know what I'm saying? And and so, yeah. I, uh, I honestly part of the the whole making music shit. Like I could, I would be more satisfied if I sent somebody a song, just one person a song, right after I made it, and they like lost their shit about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Because that's, <laughs> that's more rewarding, even sometimes, than like having a ton of people tell you some shit as crazy is like that's what you're thinking about when you first make a song you're thinking about one person hearing it and losing their shit just listening to it and feeling the same way you felt when you made it or catching that one line that you threw in there that you know what it means but most likely nobody else would like that those are the rewarding things it's it's like being an abstract painter, and I said this shit to the homie Gary the other day it's like really like being an abstract painter uh, he asked me if I worry about my shit being misinterpreted uh, because of like, I quit. No, you know what I'm saying? Never said I was a joke. Uh, and I'm like, no, because I, you want people to interpret things the way they do. It's more rewarding when people find what you wanted them to find for themselves than everybody's just like kind of getting it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's like 90% of it, dude. It's like when you make the song and then you send it to one person like right afterwards or you listen to it when you leave the studio or, or you go in the car and listen to it. That's, in my opinion, like the, the high that you're chasing from making music. Cause yeah. it's, it's not about it being released because by the time music's released for for you, the person who made it, it's it's been months typically it's like damn like can you we know? drop this yeah, already exactly. like you've already right. made you've already made some of the next shit <laughs> yeah right like, right come on now let's get this fucking ball rolling yeah yeah no i'm and that's one thing i'm trying to be way more consistent like no more one project a year shit like i'm trying to i'm trying to be on some two or three a year shit from yeah. now on so yes yeah, it's, it's a weird it's a weird time for that shit like there's there's no right answer for any of that and obviously no. Spotify wants you to just make music as much as you can and put it out there and just be a part of that ecosystem. But mm. 
It's we the, just got to find cool ways to repackage and repurpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What the music is, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is, like it's it's music. You're gonna get it one way or another, and everybody's gonna get it more or less for free. So it's like, how do you get it to everybody in a right. way that they want to buy it? Right, right, right. Yeah, it, it is really interesting, and you know, it, it's funny that people who are running Spotify are trying to kind of dictate like how music should be released and how creatives should make music. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of a, uh, a give and take there where it's like, you still have to let artists have creative integrity and make music in the way that they see fit. But obviously Spotify and, and all the streaming services now are just incentivizing artists to make as much music as possible from a financial yeah, and that sucks for the that sucks for the artist that like wants to make what they want to make right, and right. do what they want to do. Like, and there's a few artists that I really like um, that have like one project out from 2017, and I'm always like, can we get one more? Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, right. But, but some also, of the best like, artists the in the time, world are still like bad. That. Yeah. No, for yeah, sure. exactly, exactly. You you go back to that project all the time, and it's a one-off from a person who most people don't know who they are. Like that's how spectacular it really is. It's some Lauren Hill shit. Yeah, or I think about like MF Doom and the way that he made albums under different pseudonyms and and in different situations, and like you know, it's clear that nobody was going to be able to tell him exactly how to do his releases. You know what I'm saying? And so. Yeah. I feel like now there's maybe not as much creative license to be able to do shit like that. And maybe, I mean, there is, you can, you can do it, but there's so much pressure on artists to be putting music out and promoting it on social media. And it takes away from like the real, like mystery uh, artist, you know, dynamic which i feel like yeah it only it only works now if you're real 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 big yeah right right. it works it works for isaiah rashad i want him to drop an album every day right (laughs) he's not gonna do it and that's fun but when it does drop i'm going to be excited to hear it yeah yeah no absolutely i i I hear you man so what's what's the quarantine routine been been looking like for you you're just recording in the in the crib and just fucking kicking it and just man record and like honestly like barely recording but still like putting up numbers every time (laughs) yeah it's it's like that little spark it's not the same thing as going to the studio and shit i get right the fuck up out of bed and walk yeah what's that like for you because you were you you were uh you know obviously i've known you for for a minute and i know that for you it's always been a, a studio thing in terms of your creative process your writing process and that's that's the opposite yeah. of me like i've always been on that shit that you're doing i've just been in the crib I, i'll do the studio thing too but i feel more comfortable with my own setup recording myself mm-hmm. and shit like that how has that changed i think it comes it comes with technical skills too yeah. not having any and not trying to get any is partially if not the whole reason why i spend all of the time making music at a studio um, it's one of those things where you're every year you're like, I'm gonna learn how to make beats. I'm gonna learn how to record myself. One day I'm gonna build a studio and it's, you don't do it until you're forced to do it. And that's exactly what happened. Um, but then it's extremely rewarding. It's 
the problem is you spoil yourself when you spend all of your time just working with really good engineers. Yeah, right, <laughs> like, right, right. You're like, why is my shit not sounding as, as crazy right now? Like my first, my first few days recording myself were treacherous. Like I was like, what? I didn't realize till super recently that I had my microphone uh, thing on the on a interface turned real low. Oh yeah. So yeah. I was I was recording songs and then mixing them and being like why is the waveform this big and why can't i hear anything <laughs> right and just mixing the vocals real loud so i can hear it so i got these isotope plugins uh and i use the vocal assist and put that on and then just, just turn crank it. that shit <laughs> and i'm like okay we good now yeah but i'm just, i realized the other day because i looked at it again i was like yeah something's wrong this, I've had this thing for fucking months, like a long time. Right, <laughs> like, right. I was, like, I was like, if I've been recording like this the whole time, like every song <laughs> I've recorded is like this. Luckily, like I have only made probably during the quarantine pre this past month, like pre December, I'd made like eight songs max that I really love, and then like a bunch of other songs that I was just trying shit, like some freestyles stuff like that. Um, and then this past two weeks, like I think. Doom Pass and R.I.P. put a battery in my back where I can't even like I'm working on this little mini thing I started today or yesterday just because uh, and it's like about comedians and this little project where I'm going to name every song after a comedian and that's going to be for me like nobody's going to hear that Yeah, I just need an outlet to get these raps off mm -hmm. um, and I feel like if I focus them on something then I can you know get it out of my system because I don't want to go into my next project um just doing making a doom project you know right saying? right but right just so influenced I, by all that yeah this mask this mask is hanging on the wall like a trophy yeah in my, in my living room and i play where did you get like that by the way yo last uh halloween 2019 i was doomed for halloween oh, i went to fire. la and i bought the mask like i was rushing to buy it so i could get to my house before i went to la mind you didn't end up doing shit i was just at stizz's crib the whole night with a mask on yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, fe it honestly felt incredible putting it on it's metal it's very heavy it has leather straps on the back it feels like if somebody punches you in the face it'll cut your face uh so, did you like, get it, it really from fool's gold or did you like like how did you get it amazon bro you I got it on amazon Looked up MF Doom mask and there was like one in like a sea of a bunch of non for You're sale. On like page really eight, like <laughs> yeah, like deep, like the one I got. I felt like it might not come. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, for this price, I could do that. I could do that. I yeah. could lose that thirty, forty bucks. Right, right, right. Take the chance. Yeah, take I, a chance. I hear you, bro. I, I, uh, I've always just fucking been so just inspired and confused and flabbergasted and just in shock at everything that doom did his whole entire career and i feel like it always kind of in the back of my head was influencing my music even though i make very yeah. different music but i think anyone who raps is getting influenced by by doom like straight yeah, up if you if you that's one you can wear with honor like you know no 100 the influence it's like when they do top 10 all-time lists like it's he transcended that a long time ago for me dude 100 100 like a long time ago like i was in 
ninth grade, eighth grade, listening to MF Doom and writing songs on his beats and shit like that. Like, well, that was the dopest shit, rap, dude. You know he saying? had so many instrumentals out there, so many different projects. So it, it, it really was I would something. Go on, I would go on YouTube and Doom instrumentals would just come up. There's a like, hundred million of them, bro. You didn't have to type yeah. Doom yeah. instrumental. You could type instrumental right. by itself yeah. at that point, and Doom instrumentals would come up. That's why I feel like he was so artist friendly. Like if you knew how to make rap music, you loved Doom because it was just so artist friendly. There was so much instrumental projects out there. There, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just the way that he took his time on the projects and spread everything out. It wasn't verse on top of another verse on top of another verse, you know what I'm saying? Minutes he of, laid it all. He laid it all out for us, bro. He's like yeah. Bob Ross. He yeah, gave us exactly. coloring books with the instrumentals, right? And said, "Go make your own." And he fucking laid it all out for us. It's great. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I feel you though, because you, it's hard not to be affected by that influence and want to just be like, "Shit, I, I you know, I want to, want to sound like this and just fucking." Right. You, you know? think about it like I always thought about it. Like if Doom is our all of our teacher, then everything we do, as far as like when we're proud of our, our lyrics or when we make a song where we think we just went crazy, that all traces back to him in that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like you think, would this impress MF Doom if he heard it? Uh, or would this be garbage? That's the line. <laughs> no, I <laughs> Impressive mean, to Doom or just decent? And you if you hit that, if like, you hit that, then you've made some incredible shit. Exactly. Like, I think everything everybody else does is mediocre in comparison. So you'll never right. get there. It's a high you can't really catch. But trying to get there leads to doing some spectacular shit. And that's how we should all use that influence. 100%. But not try to do it exactly. Like, we got to find our own shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember I made um on all caps when I was going into sophomore year of high school. It was the summer before. I rapped on the all caps beat and then the first time i rapped in public i went and did it acapella uh at this thing called the lyricist lounge it was in like this restaurant there was a shit ton of people the og was there a bunch of people i hadn't met yet og i hadn't met yet but i just i never rapped in front of people and i went in there i did my doom raps was this was I, this where you got the name michael christmas is that that same no that same still shit? wasn't even michael christmas at the time i got you. i think i came up with michael christmas because that was, you were doing a show, right? And you had to come up with a name, like, on the spot or no, something. So what, what was that story? What it was, was one day, this was, I think, after my freshman year of high school. So, like, that summer, I decided to be Michael Christmas because I wanted to start all of my social media pages. Because I'm you. like, I can, you know, I'm going to school. <laughs> I can show <laughs> right. people Michael Christmas. They yeah. can like it. I could go somewhere with this. Um, so I was just around my crib all day thinking about what I wanted to do with the name. And I wanted it to be silly enough to wear like it was funny and catchy, but not a joke. It Like Earl Sweatshirt was one that I was thinking about when I made mine. I'm like, that's funny, but it's not like dumb per se. Yeah, if yeah. he's nice and if he's nice enough, it turns into folklore legend. And so Michael Christmas was kind of my shit. Like that's people remember that shit. Um probably fifteen, sixteen, and I was just like, Michael Christmas. I went on Facebook, made the Michael Christmas Facebook page, made the Michael Christmas Twitter account, Michael Christmas Instagram and there you go. Michael Christmas Tumblr. And that was it. I had like I think 
they might still be the same ones. Like, they might still be my Twitter. I'm not 100%, but yeah, I've had them shits for a long time. Yeah, no, it's not. I got, new, I got a new Facebook and Twitter because my Facebook just had a bunch of my family shit on me. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> nah. And I think I started my Twitter, my first Twitter, when I was in, like, seventh grade. So it was all just tweets at my other classmates. <laughs> just talking while shit. While in the classroom. <laughs> yeah, like, shit like that. <laughs> like, yeah. this class is trap. <laughs> Yo, like, fuck Mrs. S. <laughs> fuck Miss Hanley and Miss Edwards and Mr. Crimmins. Yeah. Trash, Shout trash, out. trash teachers. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy how, like, a teacher can either be so great and like just you can just fuck with them super tough or they'll just be absolutely horrible and just uninspiring bro it's so crazy there's such Yo, a range mr mr crimmins was a vietnam war veteran and he was our history teacher and all we learned about was vietnam and the <laughs> movies we watched to learn about vietnam were good morning vietnam and forrest gump oh my god those were our assignment films. We watched those for assignments after. <laughs> like, he was very old and he was violent. Uh, <laughs> he was violent as hell. He was like, just like angry. Like he had a surly old guy voice. Like I just, I hated Mr. Kremens, bro. Yeah, that shit, that shit confuses me. We used to fuck with him though. We used to, uh, in the middle of a reading out loud, just say rap lyrics. Just like, uh, feel like what the fuck? And, and then in 1772, you can find me in a club bottle full of blood oh my god <laughs> just keep oh, it just going like in the re- middle to- of reading like <laughs> <laughs> he's old as shit so he never like really noticed like he'd catch it but he wouldn't catch it and he'd be like huh he'd be like Yo. are you reading the same page <laughs> like what? oh funny. my bad i was reading a different line damn that's a good one man you're doing popcorn reading and you're just like <laughs> yeah, yeah fuck this up <laughs> man that's funny bro um so how how did you get the the music video shot for the for the project? Did you uh, was that hard given everything that's going on? Or? <laughs> the toughest thing was kind of coming up with videos interesting enough to do safely, right? Um, because once the pandemic hit, that became my first priority was for like, sure. yeah. okay, how do we finish the album without touching anything? Uh, <laughs> like yeah. literally, so. It was tough until, but I like, I, I direct and I write and shit. So I put it together. The My, I think, best thing I know how to do is do a video for free or no money and have it be compelling. Um, so Nissan Altima was the first thing. I'm like, well, we have the most important thing. <laughs> we have the yep. car. Yep. Uh, we got me. So we can turn that into something. So we just needed to find someone to shoot. John Rollins did it. Uh to shoot the idea which was just like me just kind of living and hanging in my car and so that was easy to do and make look really beautiful and interesting because again director uh i heard was going to be something way crazier like the when we first made that i had this much crazier idea um for a bigger grander video but then it became like literally impossible what was the idea of, it was so it was going to be a bunch of people on the phone and they were going to be back and forthing all of the I heard lines. And I was going to go do everything that was said in the song, like in like an extreme way <laughs> yep. for the most part. So like he like everything on there. Um, 
the I heard Fool's Go sign him for a couple million dollars. Like I wanted to sit, do a signing, have a bunch of money. Like right, right. Uh, I heard he drive a Beamer, drive a Nissan, like have like a cool like switched out, like just stuff like that the whole way through. Um, but it was gonna require like a bunch of people. And my main thing the whole pandemic was keep keeping people away from me. Like right. it's been the whole time. Uh, I haven't hung out with anybody that doesn't live in this motherfucker. So <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's been the whole thing. Um, except for doing videos and even then you know we keep it super safe i tell everybody beforehand do not come up to me yeah <laughs> like, uh, yeah stay stay to where you can hear me and i'll tell you you know what i'm saying and you tell me and we got it so but with i heard i was like again it's beautiful wow um i can make something happen with this we wanted to create how do i explain it like kind of an aesthetic for everything like the woods the green um the the isolation all of that shit that was the that was the aesthetic for the whole album so it was like we just need to keep playing at that and that's how you complete a rollout is execute everything to be cohesive to the thing before it so then the miro skit was like the big one i was most excited about that we shot that three times um the first time we did it all outside even though the original idea was basically what the final idea ended up being because again, I didn't want to let anybody in. Um, the second time my roommate shot it on his camera, but it didn't look just good enough. It was like a regular ass camera. Mm -hmm. So it was funny, but it didn't look good. And then the third time we shot it, what we did was we used uh, Maddie Hamer and she shot the Paranoia film that I did and the strangers the chest rig shit i did yeah, yeah. <laughs> those two skits so i hit her and she's like this is all super doable and what we did was she brought a camera here and stood outside and used a video monitor and basically just cued everything um and then inside we just set up the set wait and pointed the camera around that's fucking genius so she had, yeah, so, she had a remote control outside the apartment essentially and yeah, the shit was it controlled it controlled the camera and she could watch everything and tell us what to do. So she was just on the other side of the door. Yep. Socially distanced. Yep. Man, that's like smart, move, bro. Like move the camera up a little bit yeah, and then right. she was uh, she was able to zoom from the shit and everything. So super easy to do. It didn't take that long uh and it was fire. That was and that idea came from Tim was like, "Well, if we can't get anybody into your crib, maybe we can um, rent a spot and I was like okay word but in my head I'm like I don't want to go in anybody yeah, else's right, shit either right. <laughs> so I started brainstorming ways to do it in my crib safely and I was like okay I'm going to hit the homie who I know has a video monitor see if he'll let me rent it he let me rent it hit Maddie yo do you have a camera that goes with the video monitor yes boom set it up and so it's just about being creative <laughs> like, yeah you just got to figure it. out different ways to make it work right literally that's yeah. and that's what i've been telling people bro like don't don't spend a bunch of money on the big guy doing the big thing because yeah. you think they'll look out for you right you know what i'm saying spend it on the people that are hungry and spend your time and energy on the people that are hungry and chasing the same thing you are i mean there's there's really no reason at this point to to spend a ton of money on a music video if you're up and coming doing music you know what i'm saying or, yeah. or at any level that's not millions of dollars yeah, I generated. mean, you you should be guaranteeing yourself millions of views already, like right, uh, right, at the right. Cardi B esque level. 
yeah. <laughs> to then spend that much because because we already know what you got. You're well, famous. Everything you do, we're watching. So now we want to see you in movies. That's when you got to yeah, right, right, little mini movies. But it's just you know it's 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 different now because the way that we're seeing people so much, you don't need to do too much as long as the lighting is on point. Lighting's on point. You know the 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 quality of the shot is is great, which you can get from a, a thousand dollar camera. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to spend ten grand on a whole right. music video production company. Mm-hmm. If you got those basics down, and you have just unique ideas like like you're always coming up with that aren't costing you a ton of money, but they're just great mm-hmm. concepts. That's the most you know valuable thing you can do when you're talking about making a music video. I think a lot of people are, you know, thinking that they have to spend a ton of money to to make a you know crazy music video. But the, yeah. the return on that investment is not, you know. Like, never. Yeah. Like, never. It never will be. Right. Unless the, unless you spend a little money on it and the video gets big, that's, like, the biggest return you can get. Well, and the biggest, the, biggest, the biggest videos I've ever done have always been the ones that didn't cost me, like, any, any money. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Well, and, not the only one. Uh, probably, I think, the least money I've spent on a video yeah. total. Yeah. Uh, my biggest video and my biggest right. song. Uh, right it's it's all about chance like you know you try to you try to follow guidelines and rules but it's all about just doing what you want to do yeah no i i feel that man i feel that so speaking of doing what you want to do bro i know before the pandemic you were you were dabbling with some stand-up comedy shit man i i only did it twice but i miss it like i got to do the shit for real because i was excited every time the two times i did it and the leading up to the next one before i didn't go uh i was excited the last one i did they were already they had jokes about coronavirus there like it was Damn. that in it was that uh that week in march when shit started oh, to shut yeah. down it yeah, was like yeah. a couple days before right. the official, official tissue shutdown and so there was a real tall asian dude there i think he said yeah, he was from china and but he'd been here for like a long time he was funny as hell too the first thing he came up and said was i know what you're thinking we didn't cause this <laughs> that's the first thing Bro, he said that's so he funny because he said we think y'all did it to yeah, be honest right. we think y'all came over to china and did the shit and this was before that whole rhetoric no really i got feel going. you <laughs> bro I, I saw some shit on snl like it was like i was looking at snl on youtube and i saw this thing it was like one year ago and i like peeped the skit and it was like some snl skit and they were making a joke about like an asian guy flying in and they were like, oh, shit, like, the Asian dude, like, they were making a coronavirus joke. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, damn, like. Damn, bro. <laughs> this is like, ridiculous. This is so crazy. In January, February, just, like, the 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 thought process over here was like, nah, we're good. Like, meanwhile, shit was just popping off, and we didn't Not even know Not for me, it. bro. The last, uh, the, the last time I left my house for a recreational activity was, I want to say, March 10th. Yeah. Last year, I um picked up Stiz and brought him back to my house, and he was the last person to enter my house, uh, as for fun. <laughs> last yeah. year on March tenth. After that, it was done, bro. <laughs> I was like, nobody in and out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. No, I feel everybody. You. Everybody hangs with me outside, in front, or in behind where I live. Otherwise, you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you'll still you'll still link with people outside, masked up and shit like, like that. Like when I say like link, I mean like you bring me something. Yeah, talk to I, you for two or seconds I, and, or yeah, I right. give you something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. You I make food, you want something, come get it. Uh you made food, I want some, 
bring it to me. Like that's my meetups. Yeah, mainly. yeah. No, Otherwise, I'm the same, bro. I haven't I haven't done anything since since March, uh, and I've I've gone golfing and done some shit like that with like mm-hmm. a couple people or whatever. But even that, I'm just uncomfortable, bro. The yeah. shit. I think uh, going out to a restaurant or or you know going and doing something outside, walking around with hanging out in the park with a bunch of people like that shit is supposed to be relaxing and fun you don't want that anxiety i i I said the other day i had a bad dream that i was at a party and like it it was so real that in the dream i was already thinking about like how to prepare for being sick (laughs) and shit like right because i was in a party i'm like surrounded by like people who i kind of recognize and people i definitely recognize nobody masked up felt like a function like from back in the day and then halfway through it i realized i'm like oh yo what the fuck in a pandemic i'm like i'm yeah. just breathing around everybody <laughs> like, bro i've started... had one of those weird anxiety pandemic dreams yeah. too it's you're not masked up indoors with a bunch of people like, and oh like, like i'm fuck? definitely going to die like that's just immediately the thought process and if you if you could even scare yourself into thinking that then you should probably chill yeah. You know what I'm saying? If there's something serious enough to scare you that way, chill out, you know? Have you have you had any difficulty? Like, one of the things that I've been dealing with is, like, n- making sure that people aren't taking it personally, that, like, I'm not trying to link up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to have you pull up to the crib and kick yeah, it. Yeah, I've gotten into that with everybody. It's I've not because I don't that. like you. You know it's what I'm not. I've, I'm just, I've, I, I tweeted about it because I had to because I needed to know that I wasn't alone in this. Right. And I saw a bunch of people say like, "Yo, like, I, like you be trying to figure out how it's your fault. You're not trying to die." <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had conversations with the homies like that where they was mad at me. I've had conversations with my dad all pandemic where he was mad at me. He's like, "Yo, I need you to go get your sister." I'm like, "Absolutely not." Right. right. <laughs> like, go get your sister. I was like, no. I was like, we have a whole family of people with cars. <laughs> you call somebody braver than I to go get I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like he's been trying to finesse me. He'll be like, yo, you should come to uh he'll he called me one day, he's like, Your grandmother's cooking dinner on Sunday. I'm like, Word. He's like, Yeah, you think you uh you think you're pulling up? I'm like, you know I'm not pulling up. <laughs> like, stop doing this. Like, don't do this. Don't make me hurt you with this. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny, too, because the, the fatigue shit is so real because it's really worse than it's ever been, but now people are more chill than they've ever been, too. Mm-hmm. And in March of April last year, people were serious about it. Now people are like, you know, well... Whatever, you know. Well, because if you've, if you've given up or, or, you know, gotten a little comfortable with it, then you're just like, whatever happens, happens. And then yeah. if you are, if you're careful about it, then you've been careful about it probably for a long time to where it's just routine now. Yeah, and you're like, I can do a little bit more of this. If I can get I the vaccine in April or whatever, you know. Then. I more or less don't touch doorknobs at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wear gloves outside regularly. Yeah. Like sanitizer stay on deck and i only really get uncomfortable when people get close to me like grocery stores i can't and half the time now i just order groceries that's what i've been on too yeah but a lot of the time they don't be having shit i need they only got that shit at spanish grocery stores and that'd be the scariest place the dominican grocery store is terrifying (laughs) it's smaller than usual right and the aisles are and everybody fucking knows each other or knows a little bit about each other enough to talk about it (laughs) i'm just like chill out y'all yeah like i haven't been able to make sofrito 
in like over a year because I it's the only places that sell uh the stuff I need. Right, right. Yeah, Fuck I hear it. you, man. <laughs> I hear you. It's weird, dude. I'm I've been I've been locked up long enough that I'm just like I can get through a little bit longer. What do you what do you, are you worried about the vaccine at all or are you 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 chilling? You're you're like I'm down. I'm chilling, bro. I don't need to um because I don't need to go nowhere no time soon. Yeah. Like, I know I don't need to go anywhere anytime soon. Right. So my plan is to just let everybody get it first. And then when everybody got it, I'll know what the climate is uh, and what it's talking about. If a bunch of people get sick from it and shit, then it's not for me. If uh, everybody's cool and it works, I'll do it last. You know what I'm saying? It's like a <laughs> it's like jumping off the diving board. Like, I just want to make sure don't nobody die <laughs> <And> <laughs> then you'll then do it. Yeah. let's do it you know no nah, i feel that i feel that i'm gonna try and take it as soon as i can i'm like it's like it. if i was somebody that needed to go be around people i would feel very selfish for that stance because that it's different when you need to go get around people yeah, i well, don't yeah. i don't see anybody and i don't care to i don't need to it doesn't bother me that i don't see well people. i think that's that's a fair point I, I think if you're willing to continue to distance then that's a totally reasonable opinion to have yeah, like I'm sure people are gonna be like, "Well, if you're not gonna take the vaccine, make sure you don't show." I wasn't showing up. Yeah, right. right <laughs> I wasn't right. gonna. Well, be but there. I think there are a lot of people who are saying like, "I'm not gonna take the vaccine," but then they're also saying, "I'm not gonna social distance and I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing." Oh yeah, those are the and that's a completely that different story. Why right. I'm the way I am in the first place. Yeah, you know what I'm like, right. That's is I don't think normal, you know, smart people are gonna go out and cough on me and get me sick and shit. But I think there are a bunch of not normal like people yeah. who are tripping and I'm not about to risk it. That's the risk. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like getting on a plane, bro. And then anybody else could be on that plane in this tube in the sky. Nah. Well, that's, <laughs> hey. that's yeah. That's what's sketchy about a plane is that, that, you know, it's such a weird paradox with planes. It's the same thing in terms of just the plane's safety in general. Like statistically, the plane is so safe from a standpoint of, crashing like it's not going to crash you're a thousand times yeah more at risk of getting in a car accident than you are getting in a plane crash but, but it's a plane bro. right <laughs> the thing that sucks about a plane is is that if you are going to crash you're not in control if you're going to get in a car crash you feel like if I'm driving that car, maybe I can do something about it. And well, there's if also not, like, where, like if you survive, you can just hop out. Yeah, right. Yeah, true. You you're just on if, the ground. It, it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're if your plane lands in the water, you in the water. Right. If your but plane it's this, lands in a mountain, you dead. Yeah, facts. Facts. <laughs> it's just this weird paradox about risk, though. You know, we yeah. we know that this one thing is less dangerous for us, but this thing feels 10 times more comfortable because yeah. we have control over it or the yeah. illusion of control over it. Well, I think part of it too, and I talk about this a lot because I hate flying. I don't like it at all. Yeah. It's, I, it's one of my biggest anxieties, probably my biggest anxiety uh, short term. Um, driving, you can get out. Yeah. That's important is to be able to stop and get out because not being able to stop in midair and get out like cigarette smokers when i smoke cigarettes bro and we would be on road trips or like tour and shit i needed to stop right, <laughs> and right. smoke a cigarette somewhere sometime you so know? is it not getting and, out that is the, the fear more than just the danger of flying well, or it's both. both. It's not the danger because if I, if I really thought it was dangerous, I wouldn't do it. 
I'm not going to do it now because I think it's dangerous. I think I'm going to get there. I think it's going to be very uncomfortable the whole way. Uh, turbulence is the other thing. It's like turbulence yeah. and not being able to get out is the two things. I don't give a shit about being a million miles in the air. If we fall, we're done. It's it. But <laughs> the problem is we're going to feel it the whole way and it's going to go up my back. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, so you're just the the thought of all that is so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's like roller coasters. Anxiety it's like a long, provoking. slow, yeah. agonizing roller coaster. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, so that whole idea of control—that's the thing with with this COVID shit—is mm-hmm. if you get on a plane right now, planes are actually not the most dangerous thing in the world in terms of spreading a virus because there's pretty good ventilation. And you're all in your own kind of sections. You're not kind of Mm -hmm. congregating amongst each other. It's better than like a, you know, a dinner party where everybody's talking to each other and meeting with different people and you're talking to... Unmasked, breathing in each other's faces. You're talking to 15 different people face to face. You know, the risk of the plane situation is the the complete chance that you might sit next to somebody that's sick. Or in front of. That's what I'd be worried about. In your in your immediate vicinity, and so that's that's the trippy thing is is like you know it's probably gonna be fine, but there's that you know one in a thousand chance that you are sitting next to somebody that's sick, and then it's a wrap. Fuck around, bro. Yeah, and that's the thing is I just don't even like I I'm cool keeping it all away from me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I think if everybody was a little more cool with keeping it all away from them, we'd be way further ahead for sure in getting where we need to be right. and that's the thing that just frustrates me is like there's just a lot of people who just do not give a damn <clears throat> and that's the people i worry about you know what i'm saying like yeah. even tried to send my sister to school i'm like do not put her in school you can't control kids yeah. like as much as you think you can control children you can't control little children bro like i was a child we didn't do shit they told us to do right purposely yeah i mean it's hard for me to believe that a bunch of kids are wearing their masks and not fucking around and yeah like like, what did you tell them on the way in you will die like how did you get them to chill out like for real like how did you manage to get everybody to sit down right not spit on each other not like kids don't cover their mouths yeah i was a freshman in high school and they had a video playing on how to cover your mouth I'm like, why are we learning this as freshmen in high school? Like, why didn't y'all get taught this early? <laughs> They're like, don't do this. Right. Do this. I'm like, y'all don't know this by now? <laughs> no, ki- kids are dirty as shit. I mean, that's why they probably are more likely to be asymptomatic to this shit because they're getting sick all the fucking time. So they're used to this. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing, though, is I was definitely like a snotty fuck uh, as a kid. So, like, <laughs> I feel like... A little dirt don't hurt, <laughs> but this no, one I'm not fucking with. Well, the problem with kids is kids are going to be fine usually when they get this, almost always. But mm-hmm. what they're going to do is maybe bring it home to the parent or something like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. which again, is not happening a lot, but still, I would feel uncomfortable if I had a kid... The shit for me is we just haven't figured it out, too. That's the other thing. Like, if it was completely figured out, like, if everybody knew exactly what was going to happen to you, there's still shit happening to people that people didn't expect and people catching shit that they didn't 
yeah. try to catch. That's, and that's yeah. when it gets crazy. It's like, oh, this is turning into some, this is like, it's like Pokemon evolution, bro. <laughs> like, Dude, it, it is really weird. The battle was over, the nigga evolved and got new powers. <laughs> yeah. What you gonna do, Pikachu? Why does it do that? You know, that, that that's what I, I wonder all the time. Why is one person totally fine and another person having a stroke? And, yeah, it's, uh, you it's know, nut shit. It's, it's nut really, shit. really uh, scary and, and intriguing and fascinating, too. I'm almost, it's almost endearing sometimes the people who are not afraid. I'm like, uh, good for you <laughs> for being so yeah. not afraid to live your life. Right, right. Not worry about the consequences. Because I am, I tell my mom, she's like, you're not coming over for Thanksgiving? I'm, like, I'm not coming over for Thanksgiving, mom. Yeah. We're going to cook our first Thanksgiving in this house because I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to keep y'all, so if I get pulled over on the way there, cops spit on my forehead, you kiss my forehead, boom. Everybody did. There you go. I mean, you know. You know. What I'm saying? No, I feel you, man. I, I, uh, I'm certainly shocked when I see people just going down to Florida and partying and, and just, just... Florida, bro. You know, but it's not even, it's not even just people in Florida. People are going to Florida because yeah. Florida's opened up. And they're just like, I got to get to the club. Florida, Atlanta, I feel really bad for other countries that just like have people coming through and yeah. just can't stop it and rely on tourism. That shit's terrible, bro. Yeah. Like, don't go there. Like, leave them people alone. No, facts. <laughs> like, facts. Yeah, a lot of like vacation spots, like islands and shit like that. They yeah, haven't, like, we haven't got really to come. been affected that much. And so a bunch of like, you know. We got to come here. We're super safe. Like, meanwhile, y'all bothering all the people there. Like, right. leave them fucking people right, alone, right. bro. Don't worry. We all got tested. <laughs> like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Bro, what does that do? Miss me with all that. Right. Yeah. Plus, it, it's, it's in, you know, OG and everybody accuses me of enjoying the pandemic. I hate the pandemic. I do you enjoy, enjoy the alone time though? I enjoy time to myself. Not, <laughs> it, it, it is time to think, time to work. Uh, I realized a lot of my anxiety pre-pandemic about answering the phone was thinking people were at my door already and they don't want to hang out. <laughs> so now, and now that's not call, a thing. So I you're... call people all the time now. I'm, What's up, bro? How you been? What you doing today? Like you, you healthy? You eat all the time. I call the homies now all day. Cause they can't come in. <laughs> nah, it, it's interesting. I, I, I think that, uh, after this, we're going to be very changed in terms of how we interact. We're going to be way more down to just hop on a FaceTime or get on a zoom call and catch up yeah. that way, as opposed to having to link up in person. Yeah. And the linking up in person is definitely going to take place for sure. You know, maybe not for yeah. you, but I mean, it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. It's going to be mad weird, though. Right. It's going to be, it's gonna I, be I, like yeah. fucking Tom Hanks and Castaway when he came back to the States and everybody could totally. see him. And they're just like, bro, are you okay? And I'm going I'm to look like Jimmy Butler in the bubble. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not going to shave it. I got to let my mustache grow for like a month now. This shit is strong. I'm going to call Winslow. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, just keep it rocking, you know? Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's gonna feel like when we when we just link back up, like th that yeah. first link up of like ten people or whatever. Like, I mean, I used to have people over to my crib, mm -hmm. like you know, a lot of people, and I'm like, damn, like that does not sound fun. 
No, it doesn't. I think this pandemic like uh, gave people a lot more clarity on what they enjoy as far as like introspective uh, times alone yeah. or being around people because it will definitely remind you what you miss. Like I don't miss parties like that. I miss some parties, but it's just circumstance. It's not the party itself. It's who you went with and like what happened there. You know what I'm saying? So right. I don't miss parties. Um, I miss the studio. But again, everything just sounds gross to me now because of the uh, idea that you could get sick there. But I do miss studios. Like, I miss going to the studio with my dad and getting our engineer drunk. Rob, getting Rob drunk is shit. And him getting us drunk is shit. And I make, like, two songs, and then we just chill the rest of the Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Rob, Everybody. Man. And just, like, hitting the homies when I get there. Like, I'm here and then started the session by myself, ended the session, like, 20 deep. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pull up. Yeah got some food made some music yo go it like i'll 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 be drunk having the homies just get on songs that don't even be rapping you just go in there and do something real quick <laughs> just lay down <laughs> lay, lay down a quick eight bars yeah uh, and that shit that should be gold so i miss that but i i like the challenge of figuring out what to do next as far as i can tell this is the new world we live in so it's like the same way we had to figure out how to put mixtapes on the internet yeah <laughs> like, as as opposed to selling CDs, or the same way we realized, you know, being independent, you can do that. It's what? a thing you can do. You don't have to just chase and beg people for record deals and shit like that. Because like that's what we all wanted. Pre like twenty five rapper, no streaming services. That's what you want, bro. If you could get a deal, fucking out of here. Now it's like music's completely different. And now, as in the last year, music is again completely different. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's so funny how the whole situation puts everything into into perspective. You realize what you actually care about, what you don't really care about, and you mm-hmm. thought you cared about certain things, but you don't really care about that shit. Yeah. And a lot of people are are going through it too trying to figure that shit out because it's the first time that they get alone time. So if you're somebody who is comfortable being alone, and good with yourself or just able to at least go through that process of being alone and figuring shit out, mm-hmm. you can get through this situation and you're chilling. But a lot of people are not doing that. A lot yeah, of people I f- are. I feel super bad. And that's yeah. why I don't like when people say I enjoy this situation because just because like, you know, my situation is not one where I'm like, damn, I need to do something every day. I feel for all the people who are taking it seriously and actually trying to keep themselves safe, but don't but are bored because there's people who have self-control that aren't just going to succumb to the idea that they want to do everything they want to do. Right. But it's gonna, it sucks for them. Like if you're not used to this, this sucks for you. Um, and so I feel terrible about it for people who are going through that and shit like that. That's where making music, making podcasts, having content, that's where that stuff's important. Like I didn't listen to podcasts like that pre pandemic. And now I have several favorites. Um, totally because they help listening to people have conversations about things you also like is like just as therapeutic sometimes as music. Yeah. What I wanted to do with a podcast is like, I mean, even just this conversation that we're having, like I just want to be in the room with my friends, people that I respect, people that I'm interested in, want to have a conversation with. And I want people who are listening to feel like they're in that room too. Mm -hmm. And I think now more than ever, that's a super relevant feeling to want to have yeah yeah so you know that's that's cool but i just i just 
regardless of the uh, the pandemic situation, like that's what I think is so cool about the idea of doing a podcast is not just like, let me have 10 questions and rapid fire, like question and answer, interview somebody mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, let's just talk shit. Let's just talk shit, bro. That's, let's just talk shit. It's, it's that simple. And I think yeah. a lot of people try to think about like, you know, concepts and ideas and shit like that. But like, really just talking shit is what people want to hear. Yeah. We, we don't get to do it. Like, bro, I haven't been in a barbershop since I was like 14 or 15 or something. And that, even that, like, I miss the feeling of listening to these people's conversations. And that's, I think that's what I was introduced to with podcasts that I didn't realize was like just candid conversation between friends is just as interesting sometimes as listening to stand up comedy or music. Um, it's just, it gives well, I think you that's why a lot of stand up comics are really good at podcasting too. Yeah, those, a bunch of the you know? podcasts I listen, I listen to some horror joints. Um, and like some comedians like joints and shit like right. that and just like sit and hear them talk but like i listen to this one called daddy issues is about being a dad yeah and i don't have any fucking kids <laughs> why are you listening to that <laughs> but i've been listening to it and listening to them and just it reminds me of listening to my dad right talk about right. me and talk about raising us because he calls me all the time and brags about how he raised his fucking kids and i'm like yeah God. <laughs> Like, yes, we're alive. We're fine. Like <laughs> you did what you were supposed to do. <laughs> He's like, people be like, how you got this relationship with your son? Like, how'd you do that? And I'm like, just be real. Like he wears it like a badge of honor that he has like a good relationship with me. And right. shit. It's super funny. I'm just like, you're supposed to do this. Like, don't be proud that you broke the the stereotype, motherfucker. This is what we're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, your your dad is 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 one of the realest dudes. Out, oh, he's man. a god, bro. He he's called me god. at 9 a.m. the other day. I was half asleep. We had a half-hour conversation about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to hit your line. He oh, had man. to hit me. He was like, what happened to, um, damn, who was he talking about? I don't even remember. He was asking me about somebody, and then we got into the Luca discussion. We got into the old guys are just as good as the young guys right now discussion. <laughs> he's like, and you see Chris Paul. In every team he gets on, he's valuable. He's like, people ain't ready to talk about that. <laughs> right. That's funny, man. Oh, Bro, yeah. I remember when we did a show in New York, and and my dad... See, I don't even remember the story like fully. You might even remember it better than I do. But all I remember is, is that we were in a limo, and we, we got drove to a, to Webster Hall in New York. Yeah. And, uh, and, and my dad was there. And that was like one of the few shows that my dad pulled up to of mine. Cause he was a, a dude who who also didn't like crowds, and this was yeah. you know way before COVID shit. He was just he was he was on that shit. Cause he's from he's from Alaska, so he was he was just oh, on that, that that tucked off life of not wanting to be in cities and around a lot of people. Cause that's what he was used to. Um, and I think that's why we had the limo because I think he was like, oh, you know, we should stay outside the city. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, yeah, he definitely did stay outside yeah. the city too. He was like, that shit you know? was fly because I remember we rode up to the spot with him. Um, I remember, do you, I don't know if you remember the video of when uh, he helped me get out the limo. Yeah, yeah he, he he was your security. And he secured me, secured me on the way, and, and uh, then I remember that. I remember what was it? The the W B Mason yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's ironic. Uh, and then. Um, he had me make him a drink. It was like, I think vodka and water and ice was the drink. He was like, throw, he's like, yep, take the vodka, put a little bit of water in there and a couple of cubes of ice. Yeah, that was it. his jam, man. 
You got it, dog. That, <laughs> Hell yeah. Maybe throw a little orange juice in there sometimes, depending on how you're feeling. That, that was, right. That I didn't get it then because I was like a kid. So I was <laughs> right. just like an alcoholic. I'm just like, you don't want all the alcohol yeah, you, you can get in the cup? in there? What? Like ice <laughs> and water? You know ice is water. But <laughs> that's what I get. I'm older now, and I don't. I be trying to be drunk as I usually be, and it just be giving me a headache. I'm like, I might need to hit this with some water. And I'm facts. only 26, so yeah, facts. <laughs> now sometimes you gotta just do a little splash of water to just level it out. You know, get a little hydration a little in there. Splash of water. To to my first that show, alcohol. my dad ever saw me at was opening for you. It was me, you, and Wiley. Um, was that in was Chicago? That called in Cambridge. Oh, that was no. Was that a? Uh, it was like a treehouse name, something like that. Treehouse in Cambridge. Yeah, it was like around the corner from where the garage is. What the fuck is it called? Hey, if it, wasn't, know it, wasn't, com- it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. in the comments. It wasn't TT the know. Bears, was it? No. 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 It wasn't. It wasn't. Um. It was closer to Harvard Square. It was in Harvard Square, not Par- not Paradise though, or not um Sinclair. It's not there anymore. Okay. Oh, in um You mean in Austin? Nope. It was in It was in Cambridge? It was in Cambridge, definitely. Damn. In like Harvard Square. Yeah, I can't remember the name. I can't remember it either, which is so surprising. (laughs) But uh that that we did the show with Wiley and Wiley stayed at my crib um for like that like week or whatever. And that's when me and him made the song on Is This Art. And then my dad got out like two days before that show. Yeah. So he got to come to the show. And I remember he stood on stage for my whole set. And the stage wasn't that big. It wasn't like a big set. Oh, where I he remember was that, yeah. Here. He was like seven feet away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody who could see me could see him. He right. was right there. And he had his leather jacket and his whole shit on. And he had like two beers, I'm pretty sure, because he's yeah, always double fisting. Just double fisting. Just... And it was his first time seeing me rap. And it was, it was magical, bro. That shit was awesome. Man, that was that was fun. I got to remember the name of that, that venue, bro. I can't do nothing right now until I remember. I know, bro. <laughs> do you like? We got to figure this out. What? Uh, what? What else do you remember about it? Hold on, I'm gonna see if I can. <laughs> yeah, you gotta Google that shit. Harvest I know that. it was upstairs. It was upstairs. Um, that's like almost all I can remember. Let me see. Cam Meekins, Alex Wiley. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. there. You go. Find the old ticket link. Yes. It was. It definitely had Treehouse in the name. I know it did. Oh, dude, it was like Treehouse of something. Something. Concert. Okay, is this it? Is this it? Nope. This is uh, Brighton Music Hall. Fuck. Where is it? There's tickets on here. Somebody bought a ticket in that motherfucker. Oh, nope, that's not it. Damn, I thought I found the image on Google Images. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done looking for this, but if y'all know what it is, can yeah, y'all we'll, please tell us. We'll but. follow up in the comments, but yeah, man. Losing it, bro. I need to go grab some weed. That'll stress me out. Yeah, do it. Do your thing. <laughs> no, that's right here. Oh, you got I just it right there. Move my, there okay, this is how oh, I move shit. my table. I got like one of those. This looks hella cinematic. Table. <laughs> yeah, right? Hold on, wait till I zoom back in. 
my table moves. My bathtub lift up, my walls do a 360. <laughs> <laughs> got the shit that the government got. <laughs> oh, man. Shit that the government got. I break bread, ribs, $5 bills. <laughs> oh, man. So so you're going to be dropping some, some Michael Christmas produced... Uh, and wrapped music pretty soon from the yeah from the I just crib? need to make a beat good enough to actually like do it like I haven't made a beat that's like that fire yet to where I want to rap on it um or something that was like my style like I've sent a couple beats out that people liked like the homie internet James hit me and was like yo show me some beats showed him like four he picked two said he was gonna use them I want to hear other people rap on my beats more than I want to rap on them. Mm -hmm. I'm cool with rapping on other people's beats. I love everybody's beats. I want some of my favorite rappers and homies to rap on my shit. That's all I want. I want to hear a fully produced, not featuring my Christmas song. That's interesting. It's funny. When you start making beats, I feel like you you want that. You're like, how would this sound? You like this? Do you want to rap on this? You want to put this on your album? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I want, bro. My sister, actually, the youngest one, she had a, um, she's taking a music class now, and I think she was she like seventh grade or something. She's taking a music class, and they got her using this thing called BandLab.com, and it's essentially imagine using Logic but for kids, bro. That's exactly what wow. it is. Wow, it's crazy, and so so that's what a music me. class is now for kids. Like it's not they're not playing the and the. I, the, I the, like that. The I'm like hell recorder yeah. anymore. No, they don't get that little flute. They got the <laughs> BAWs now. So she um she hit me and she's like, I have an assignment, I have to make a song. It's just a beat. Um it needs to have an intro, a middle, an outro, it needs to be a minute long, and it needs to have at least five tracks on it. Uh doesn't need to be vocals, but it needs to be five tracks and they need to fit together. But the interface has like a little kind of mini splice in it where you can go find loops and packs. So I'm like, this is a layup. So I downloaded it on my computer and called her. <laughs> was Yo. sitting there. I'm sitting there going through the packs like, okay, you see this 8-bit pack? Click that. Open that up. We're going to listen to these. I'm on the phone like this, like, how's it sound? This is all right? No, this is trash. This is trash. This is trash. <laughs> so we're filling the pieces in together. I'm like, pick this one. Yo. And it does, like, have to work for you. So before I realized it did, I was telling her how to do stuff that I know how to do on Logic. And then I realized, like, she didn't have to change the BPM. The The interface changes the BPM to whatever your BPM is set to oh, wow. automatically. With, from the loop? I'm, yeah, I'm like, yeah. how are you not just dragging and dropping everything? <laughs> and yeah, just, just press <laughs> And just press mute and just listen. But it's it's super fun teaching. I learned how to do all this shit less than a year ago. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, <laughs> so right. It's funny you know, being on there with her, like, okay, hold control and drag it over and it'll copy the waveform. You know what waveform is? <laughs> that's so interesting, man. I mean, it, it, that's that's how I got into making music pretty much the same kind of process. I got GarageBand on my computer when I was like 12 years old and mm-hmm. or maybe even younger, and I would just take the GarageBand loops and I feel like this is like 80% of people who are in music now, this is their story. This is how they got into music, but you know, I was I just, took a class. Yeah. <laughs> I was just fucking around with the GarageBand loops and then I realized that you could make your own sound if you plug the keyboard in and then you could do your own piano. And sure mm-hmm. enough, I was making garage band beats 
in GarageBand, no tempo, just doing it off the feel. Just doing it just, off the feel, just feeling bro. it. A, you know, grids, like grids don't matter. Yeah, no, I had no idea what any of that meant. <laughs> I was just feeling it. And then I'd make full rap songs, bro. I was making, I was making full songs at like twelve years old. That's huge, yeah. though, to be honest, because like I took the class. They made me like pick an elective basically at my after school program. I've told the story many times and I picked the one where you could make beats. Didn't want to rap, just wanted to make beats. And they made me write lyrics and write a song. And that was how I became extremely passionate about rapping instantly. Yeah. However, I dropped making beats and even touching the computer if it wasn't to find a beat that was already done immediately. <laughs> like, right. I was like, I'm not doing it. I, I don't need to do it. I have <laughs> rhyming skills. Yeah. You can find me beats on YouTube or what was the other website where you could just go steal beats from? It was Mad Johnny Giuliano and Clams Beat Casino. Beat Stars? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need this. Yeah, facts. And then I regretted it like, well, like probably 10th grade. When I didn't have a computer, I could just sit and make beats on. I was like, I wish I could make beats. Right, right. <laughs> when did you start actually writing raps or, or rapping in general? So seventh grade was the first time. Because I freestyled once at camp. I was at camp when I was um, probably in like third grade or something like that. And I freestyled in front of a bunch of people. And they just started laughing real hard. And so <laughs> it was extremely discouraging. It was like the this nigga eating beans meme. Like I was just like, damn, I'm trash. Never tried to rap again after that. Then I was forced to, and I did all right. And from that day forward, bro, like literally the next day, I was writing new songs, and it became so important to me that I'm still doing it now, which is crazy. That doesn't that probably happen to a lot of kids. I'm sure you make your first jumper, you might want to go to the league. <laughs> yeah. But, and when you only five four, five eight. You don't. You're not going to the league. <laughs> but so I'm super lucky to still be rapping. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel you, man. It's been like a hundred fucking years. I don't even know how old I was then. Well, that's 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 the thing about music is you you do get into it very young typically, and then when it becomes a career, you by the time you're in your twenties, you you've been at it for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can feel like like a veteran in a sense. I do feel like an old nigga in hip hop. It's mad funny. I've been around for like, what, six years? And I feel like I've been around for 20. I feel like I've seen it all. <laughs> and I'm yeah. still beginning. That's the that's the cool shit about music, though. I remember learning about a bunch of the homies who was way older than me who was just getting on. Like, um, like Drum. I didn't know Drum was way older than me. I didn't know Toby at the time. You know what I'm saying? I thought we was all like 20 and shit. <laughs> Yeah, age then, is confusing you know, in the in the in the entertainment it doesn't music really world. Really matter. Yeah, you just brand well for yourself. Like a lot of people be discouraged because they're older and shit. Like fuck that, bro. Danny Brown got through at thirty, thirty one. You know what I'm saying? And he's a star now, like real star. Absolutely. I mean, two chains didn't didn't two really chains, pop bro. up until he was did, in his, did, like, he did late the 30s. run around twice, yeah. bro. Yeah, he was everywhere you could be. Yeah. It's 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 all a part of a bigger plan, bro. We're not we're not in control of this. We just got to do our thing and enjoy it. Yeah, I think that's the thing that we we think about a lot when we're in our twenties. And I mean, I'm only I'm about to turn twenty eight, so I mean, I can only speak so much. But I, I, this is a theory that I have. Young. We still young. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we we just think that that this time is so relevant. But the reality is is that we have so much time. Yeah. In our life to achieve things. 
And the key is to just keep going. It's the people who start something and then stop and then start another thing and then stop. Mm-hmm. You're not making any progress when you do that. But if you just continue yeah, and, and to go, passion. yeah, like there's so many people that reach their peak, <coughs> peak level of success, you know, creatively, financially, whatever, in their 40s, 50s. And those people have been going at it since they were in their 20s. Yeah, and I feel like that's what you want. I that's feel like exactly the, what you the want. Journey, that's the most fulfilling life. Absolutely. The journey is the move, bro. And it's like not to – you don't want to be struggling the whole time. You want it to progressively get better. For sure. I'm super lucky that it's literally progressively gotten better. Yeah. Uh, my whole life has progressively gotten better and shit. So it's right. like it's only up still to go, which is good. Like I feel like hitting that peak super early, like it's where do we go now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you want to have, that's why you also want to have multiple passions. Like the stand up comedy shit, bro, I was about to fully immerse myself <laughs> in that right. lifestyle. Right. I was meeting the comedians and shit, and it felt like I was joining a new community and I felt like a noob and I felt uh, not good at it and I wanted to fail and I wanted to do all the shit. The same way you do with rap. I wanted right. to network and piss people off because I was showing up all the time. Like, and that's still the plan. It's just going to be delayed now. Yeah. But I'm I'm still like, you know, learning from comedians and shit. Like, I try to be homies with all of my favorite comedians if possible because it's just like, if they fuck with me, they already know. Like, Roy Wood Jr., who's somebody who me and him just go back and forth on Twitter about like shit we both like. I watch his stand up all the time. I don't even know if he knows that. I'm like a big big fan of his stand-up kevin on stage uh same thing jack knight zach fox like the comedian homies and so i'll be seeing them do this shit i'm like they i, I can do this bro like they they put the work in and they do this shit i can put the work in i can do this. dude 100 percent. and and there's a difference between pivoting up you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. fully stopping something and trying to start something else that has nothing to do with anything or whatever yeah. and there's just there's just so much value to just continuing to push through, come up with new creative things that you're doing, like like what you're talking about, getting into stand up mm-hmm. and 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 furthering the Michael Christmas brand in that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I and I feel fraudulent because the amount of time I spent talking about stand up, I should have started way before right. when I started. And <laughs> the first night I went, we did well. Like I, I went with um the homie Nick and I told him NRG photo call. I'm not sure if you met him. And I told him, Don't tell anybody we're doing this. Like it'd just be me and you. We had a crowd of people that knew me by the end of the night, like the homie taco replay was there, uh, <laughs> scaring everybody in the room. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, I was, it was at, um, wonder bar in the basement, real oh, dim. Wow. It was like one bright lamp in there. They got a basement at wonder bar. Yeah. And it's dope for a stand up comedy. Cause it's really like, it looks like, I don't know if you've seen the movie comedian with, a. Uh, with Rob De Niro, it looks like that. It looks like a shitty little comedy bar. Like, like you felt the vibe of a new comedian in there, and it felt great. And I almost felt like I cheated the first time I went because I had people there who knew me, right? And they were laughing, and they thought the shit was funny too. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I want I want to get the yeah. the crowd that's here to laugh at it too by themselves. Don't make them laugh at my jokes and also I, it was not it was black history month and i came in with black history month jokes so <laughs> i fully capitalized on the time it was very easy my first set. 
I came in with my my patented George Washington Carver and invented the peanut. It's one of my favorite <laughs> random fucking things. To, I've been saying that since I was a little kid. <laughs> he invented the peanut. Um, I said I wasn't going to any bars to perform that had the words O'Malley, O'Grevy, O'anything, <laughs> and in no taverns. I wouldn't. I refused to perform at any taverns because tavern oh, sounds like a racist cave. That was, uh, <laughs> I was just coming in with shit like that my first night, and it went all right. And then the second time, it went probably the same, but I brought less people with me, and it felt more legit. Yeah. You know well, you're proving so, yourself to people who didn't know you, which you were doing was, in the first time around, too, but you just thought that... that it just didn't was, feel yeah. like it didn't... I felt like I should be more defeated by the end of this. It was too satisfying of a, of a situation. I'm like, I feel like I just came up here and smashed it, but I'm like... right. The whole right side of the room is my homies, and then this whole left side of the room is laughing too. But it would be way quieter in here overall if there wasn't eight people that just came in with me. <laughs> right. Right, right. I just wanted to make the twelve of y'all laugh <laughs> mainly. I feel that, man. You it's think- cool. Though. I'm thinking about putting the set on YouTube. I got it. I just watch it all the time. Like, is yeah, this why funny? not, man? Why not, bro? Throw that shit out. Just start, you know, getting people hip to it. Uh, uh, do you think that that shit will come back anytime soon? Or so, just from listening to uh, comedians talk about like their shit, uh, they do shows in different places. But it sounds like you just like it's the same risk as doing anything else that you're not necessarily supposed to do, but people are still doing. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's not back like that. Smart, uh, you know, and people who who don't need necessarily to get on the stages aren't doing that. Yeah. But uh, people who either for passion or for money need to do it or still doing it and so it's like it's dangerous but it just kind of goes to show if you have the opportunity to do what you love you're gonna go do that shit you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's not the same with rap shows although there's still rap shows happening too and that shit looks way scarier like i see like performances in the south and shit like that and i'm just like man it's just still going <laughs> like, down like that indoors or what yeah like i've seen a couple i've seen like random because i follow all uh, a bunch of people and shit like that and it will see like um You'll see, like, strip club performance here. You'll see, like, we got this warehouse joint over here. Yeah. We're performing in this, like, this. Like, rappers doing, like, full tours just in places that will have them. Like, underground shows yeah, type shit. Yeah, shit like that. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. I'm just like, couldn't be me, but, yeah. you know, get that bread, that. bro. If you, if you, ha- if you must. No, <laughs> if people you are going to do what they're going to do. You know, it's America. They're going to do what they're going to do, but... It's America, bro. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the... And that's the whole shit right there. That's why I don't need to go outside, bro. It's, it's America. I know it's out there. Exactly. Exactly. Like, you can't control a large it, percentage I, of, of these people out here are just going to do what they want to fucking do, Do bro. what they want to do, bro. I'm at I'm at the crib. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on this Call of Duty in 2K to this day, bro. Yeah. No, I feel that, man. I feel that, bro. Um... Well, dude, this this was this was a a blast having you on, man. I appreciate linking up, man, and just it's been good to good to catch up, even just over Zoom too, because I haven't seen you in a minute with this with this pandemic situation. So it's yeah, been, bro, it's, and I tell you every time, and I don't know if you believe me, but my dad asks about you all the time, and if I don't tell you now, he's because he just called me, and I got told him I call him back. But <laughs> if I don't tell him now that I just talked to you and yeah. said what's up from him, he's gonna be mad. Well, please, please tell him what's up from me too, because uh, you know, as you know, I got I got nothing but love love for your dad, man. He's the man, and uh, my dog. I'm glad we told that story about that that show too. 
th- that we don't know him. the name of the venue. Maybe he'll know. <laughs> he might. He won't, but he might. I thought like I was about to say he will, but then I'm like, nah, he's up there now. Not in age, but in age feeling. <laughs> like he's not old. He's forty something, but he feels eighty four. <laughs> <laughs> Internally, he's eighty four. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, he's he's like all. Well, when you call him back, man, tell him I say what up. Hundred percent. Of course, bro. I know he'll be tuning in. Shout out. I know it's the Lamp City family, but what do we call them? Do we call them like what do we call your fans? Like a, the yeah, I mean the, the the Lamp City fam, you know um, the kin, the kins, <laughs> the cam the cam me kins, me kins. You can call them like the me kins. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, the, that sounds a little meeks. sus. <laughs> the me, the meeks. The meeks. Yeah, you know, something the, like that. The, the cam jam. Everybody in the cam jam. <laughs> Make sure y'all <laughs> like this and share. You know what I'm saying? Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. But for real, yeah. check out check out Michael Christmas' new album, Hiding. That's what you really got to do. Yeah, bro, go check that out. Shout out to everybody on there. Hayes, Thilo, and Teddy. Shout out Teddy. Yo, Teddy with the long hair and the beard. What a handsome man. All right. You talking about Teddy it's Rocks, Ben? Teddy Rocks, bro. Teddy Rocks with the beard and the hair is different, bro. I seen him in LA. I didn't recognize him at all. I was like, "Is Andy Sandberg?" <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy, man. That's the guy. Oh, this dude got classic yeah. beats. Classic yeah, he's beats, mad, bro. You're the man too. You're the man, Absolutely. bro. Appreciate you coming on, man. Hiding out now, everywhere. Michael Christmas in the building. It's the Cam Meekin Show. That's how we do. We on the Cam Show. Yeah. Cam Jam Fam Bam. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>